Well, the beginning of a new question period dynamic today in Ottawa as the Prime Minister returned, of course, from his trip to London and then to the UN General Assembly in New York. He was in the House of Commons for the first time with the new leader of the official opposition, Pierre Polyev, facing him from the opposition side, the Conservative Party. Leader said it was said it was nice for the Prime Minister to drop by in French visit, so to speak. Justin Trudeau congratulated him on his victory. And after the first question in French, the topic of the day, inflation, uh, really. And this followed soon after this exchange. The leader of the Liberal Party has an opportunity to respect the fact that heating your home in January and February in Canada is not a luxury. And it is, does not make those Canadians polluters. They're just trying to survive. This from a Prime Minister who burned more jet fuel in one month than 20 average Canadians burn in an entire year. So will the Prime Minister ground the jet, park the hypocrisy, and axe the tax hikes? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, on this side of the House, we're going to continue to stay focused on direct and real help for Canadians, responding to the challenges they're facing with meaningful measures that are going to help millions of Canadians in the middle class and those working hard to join it. Uh, if Canadians had followed the advice of the Leader of the Opposition and invested in volatile cryptocurrencies in an attempt to, quote, opt out of inflation, they would have lost half of their savings. Mr. Speaker, responsible leadership means stepping up for Canadians and being there to support them. Will the Conservative leader support our measures to support Canadians? Well, there you go. The first of what will no doubt be many exchanges between Pierre Polyev and uh, Justin Trudeau in the House of Commons seemed like pretty standard stuff, didn't it? It came on the same day that the Liberal government appears to have opted to end COVID-related travel restrictions, at least some of them, and make the Arrive Can app optional. And reports tonight that Ottawa has finally made a decision on a new ambassador in Beijing at long last. Well, joining me now from Ottawa with more on all of this is political reporter Nick taylor Vasey. Thanks so much for your time tonight. Quite the day. Thanks for having me. And yeah, it was a lot packed into to one day. So tell me, I mean, there was a lot of anticipation because, of course, there's so much to talk about when it comes to the political shows that we everyone was trying to tee this up as some sort of showdown between the, the, the prime minister and, and the new leader of the opposition. It was pretty uh, standard stuff, though, in the end, wasn't it? You know, it was. And it's funny because the entire political bubble has been setting this up as a showdown to end all showdowns. Justin Trudeau finally getting the conservative leader who can challenge him and possibly take him down. And Pierre Polyev fulfilling, you know, 10, uh, seven, sorry, seven elections and, and 19, 18, 19 years in parliament and finally getting his chance to take on the guy who took down the last conservative government. So there was so much anticipation. But as it turned out, like you said, it was kind of just like standard rhetoric in the House of Commons for, for, uh, for, the, for the exchanges between them. Yeah, I guess, I guess it... Uh... What what could what it could possibly have been but that right? There is a format to all this, uh, but it was interesting. We knew they would focus on inflation. I guess this is going to be the topic of this session. Uh, there's no two ways about it. Clearly, the conservatives think this is an issue they can attack them on. Um, how are they doing? How is he doing so far? Well, I would say that uh, what you gleaned today from question period was Pierre Polyev's uh, appeal to empathy and and tapping into anxiety real anxiety people are facing. So when he was in hockey arenas and banquet halls for his leadership campaign, he was packing those rooms, 
and he was talking straight to those people. And, and of course, he signed up as as anyone who followed the race knows, hundreds of thousands of members, and then rode that to a landslide victory. And so he's sticking to that script and, and, and I think genuinely speaking to a lot of people. And then Justin Trudeau on the governing side uh, is a little bit limited in what he can say because he's, he's restricted by governance. <laughs> but his government has, in recent days, put a bunch of policy in the window and, and will likely pass most of those measures with the support of the NDP. Uh, but it's less for him about empathy and about talking about how hard it's been for people and more about the straight goods. Here's what we can do for people. And, and you heard him return to the rhetoric he used to use in his first years in power, the middle class and those working hard to join it. It's a seems to be a strategy to kind of get back to basics and the sort of uh, comforting words to, to people uh, across this country who, who want to get ahead that sent him to power seven years ago, of course. That was seven years ago. This is 2022. It's a different world. Yes, yes, indeed. And it's been seven years in power. So having that record to uh, to both run on but also be held against them does does limit the, the, the Liberals for sure. Uh, I noticed that Pierre Polyev spoke today about, you know, the, 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 the Newfoundland senior would be paying more. This, this is clearly going to be their tactic, right? These sort of personal tales. I don't know how effective it was, though, because it's one thing to make those speeches in a room full of people who are there to see you. In Parliament, it can come off a bit flat sometimes. It felt a little flat today. Well, and I think that is the hard lesson that Pierre Polyev is going to learn. It's it's one thing to whip up a crowd uh, night after night, almost like you're a rock star going city to city and everybody's happy to see you, and another to be in the slog of opposition. He's slowly but surely filling his OLO, the, the office of the leader of the opposition, with, with all the people who are going to help fuel his time taking on Trudeau in Ottawa, but it is a slog and he might be in for a long fight because the deal with the NDP that could sustain this parliament for three years might last that long. It may, it, I mean, I, I don't think anybody believes it'll go all the way to 2025, which is what the the, the agreement could fully extend to. But uh, even if it goes until 2024, that's well over a year of Pierre Polyev in parliament screaming at the prime minister when most people aren't watching that they're they're not watching the the two in the fro two sword lengths apart in the house of commons they're doing other things uh they're doing the things that pierre polyev is talking about which is you know trying to find money for gas and for groceries uh, until inflation cools down a bit yeah i mean one of the things i found interesting earlier this week was the conservatives sort of shifting gears a bit on bill c30 so there's two things coming right bill c30 and bill c31 which is the dental payment program um not the full program but part of it that the ndp obviously this is part of their deal um and that will go through but uh, the conservatives supporting some of that legislation is an interesting move on their part i guess right away they've tried to make them make it seem like they are willing to work with the liberals provided they think it's a good idea and it looks like they're supporting something based on issue on on reasons that they can at least justify to their own to their own voters or their own support I think conservatives on that score have boxed themselves in a little bit because at the provincial level, a lot of premiers, conservative premiers, have sent money to people, just checks in the mail to help them afford things because everything's more expensive than it used to be. But then when the Trudeau government proposes targeted measures that that aren't uh, a, a blanket check for anybody who has a mailbox, the conservatives call that inflationary. And so they, they clearly are trying to thread this needle where they can 
oppose the things that they think are inflationary or adding to federal deficits or just uh, uh, irresponsible spending, but at the same time, they have a record of supporting, whether it's in a tweet uh, or or somewhere else, uh, provincial measures that that have been passed by conservative governments that have done similar uh, uh, that have helped similarly people who need who need the cash now. So it's it's going to be a, a, I think a tricky battle for them. And so with yeah with that support that that you refer to that sort of lukewarm support may or may not last. It's trying to thread that needle. Nick Taylor Vasey is with us this half hour, political reporter from Ottawa. We're talking about uh, today in the House of Commons, question period featured for the first time, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and the new leader of the official opposition, Pierre Polyev. Uh, Nick, a little this evening, there was another one of those videos that, that uh, Pierre Polyev has put out so many of. They're quite good, actually, some of them. Not all of them, but I found them pretty compelling. Tonight was uh, some... Um, some bragging, I guess. I guess some taking credit for what appears to have been a decision by the Liberal government to end some of those travel restrictions that we've have been in place for so long. So border mandates uh, on vaccines, uh, as well as uh, making the Arrive Can app optional. So these were meant to expire on September 30th anyway. But it looks like uh, they may there may have been some pressure there for the Liberals to move on these. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, let's call them what they are. These these videos are brilliant. The liberals who despise Pierre Polyev admit that when it comes to the cut and thrust of debate in the House or his instinct for what will go viral uh, on YouTube or on Twitter is like absurdly potent (laughs) when they're on the other side of the aisle. And so this video today was him in a car and he up front says he's got to get home because he's got his kids waiting at home and he does have a couple of kids. And and then, as you say, he takes credit for a couple of these recent announcements. And I think what's, what's most effective about his videos, most of them, when they are really effective, is that they look like they're not produced and yet they are produced, and it's because he's just really quick on his feet. Uh, so it, it looks like somebody just sort of pulled out a camera in a car and started recording him, and he just had all these brilliant things to say. And that's because that's what happened. And so it's it's just, I think, really impressive, and it's something that neither Aaron O'Toole nor Andrew Scheer uh, could pull off, and, and Stephen Harper be, be, before them, that was just not in his toolkit. And and the other thing about these videos, and I think generally about Pierre Polyev in the House of Commons or anywhere else where he's pronouncing, is that there is an element of truth to everything he says. He doesn't get up there and lie. He's not that kind of guy. Uh, he said today, he claimed that only after he became leader did Justin Trudeau start talking about inflation in a, in a way that was active, not just talking about how great Canada's doing and how the COVID recovery is going well and how we have... Uh, some of the best economic growth in the G7. It was it, suddenly when Pierre Polyev was made conservative leader, Justin Trudeau switched tack, which technically is true because Pierre Polyev became leader on a Saturday and then at a caucus retreat a couple of days later in New Brunswick, Justin Trudeau uh, un, 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 rolled out the measures that, that you referred to earlier, the, the dental care plan and the GST uh, top up and the housing benefit top up. And of course, what Pierre Polyev doesn't mention is that the prime minister was going to announce those measures before Polyev was leader, but the queen died and, and the announcement, like the day of the announcement. So it was canceled and postponed several days. So it, there, there is an element of truth. Of course, Justin Trudeau has had to nuance his approach 
after a month of criticism, but not really talking directly about inflation and how it's affecting people's lives. Um, but but it it was going to come before Polyev became leader. It just didn't turn out that way. Having said that, of course, Polyev's right. It did happen after he became leader. So it, there's some brilliance to that. Yeah, there's. I mean, the little thing, sort of the, the private jet is always an interesting one because you've ever been on Can Force One, which is what he was flying to London. It's by no means luxurious. I mean, it's there, but it's uh, it certainly isn't one of the top looking <laughs> aircraft around. But you're right. There's always an element of truth to all of it. Um, there's a new I mean, this has taken a long time, but I gather from the Global Mail's reporting tonight, uh, we have a new ambassador in China. And this has been an awfully long time coming, considering just how volatile that relationship has been and just how important China is in the world right now. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because uh, this morning I read a newsletter every morning uh, for the Ottawa crowd and I noted just because the, the governor general here was recognizing a bunch of new heads of mission in Ottawa. And because of that, I thought, you know, we still don't have an ambassador to China and noted in the newsletter that it had been 265 days since Dominic Barton formally resigned from that post. And lo and behold, all these months later, they, uh, they you know, they finally announced one. Uh, had nothing to do with the newsletter, of course, but it was on my mind because, hey, listen, you because don't know it that. had been it 265 be like, days. Listen, no, Nick, no one was talking about this till you wrote that newsletter this morning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Nobody was never on the mind of anybody at Global Affairs. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jennifer May, though, it's an interesting choice because, you know, when you look at who has been in that position previously, uh, these were clearly sort of political positions. These were meant to be sort of high profile gigs for high profile people or at least high profile liberals. And this time they've really gone the diplomat route, which you get the sense, you know, I, I, I reported from China. You get the sense that having a, a, a veteran diplomat in that position, the first woman uh, to hold that position, Jennifer May, is a good thing. Yeah. And it sounds like. Uh, the message may be, we're not trying to make headlines with this. We're not trying to make a show. Uh, we want a serious person in that in that job who can who can just do the job. Uh, Dominic Barton was put there for a very specific reason. And uh, he, he may say, and I think a lot of liberals would say, mission accomplished because Dominic Barton had a, had a, a long history in business dealing with China. And the two Michaels did get home. And so and then shortly after that, of course, he he, he left the post. That may be seen to, for, for him, a history remember him as, as having gotten that job done, but this is now a different time, and, and, I, and I think that, yeah, the, the message here is uh, we're going to install an ambassador who can be an ambassador, not somebody who's going to, you know, uh, jet set around the world and fly back and forth and, and, and make a lot of hay. Um, turn down the temperature, maybe, would be part of the strategy here. What I always found when I was there is the one thing that the Chinese want to know is they want to know that this person has a direct line in to the PMO, has a direct line to the foreign affairs minister. And it looks at least from the reporting today um, that Melanie Jolie pushed uh, the prime minister for this one. Uh, and that will that will stand well for for uh, for for the new ambassador. I, I gather she speaks Mandarin as well, which will be another benefit. Uh, but really what they want is an envoy. They don't want a star. They want an envoy on the on there that they can talk to um, and that they know will talk, you know, speak directly to the PMO after that. So this seems like a, again, it seems like a wise choice at this point in time, given how much work there is to do on that relationship. Yeah. And no surprises, I think, is a general rule of thumb in diplomacy. And when you put a career diplomat 
uh, into that kind of position. And for all the reasons you're talking about, it feels like no surprises are on the way. And that that may serve Canada well, <laughs> to put it lightly. Nick, to put it lightly, uh, Nick, before I let you go, do you want to take a stab at our question of the day? This was the, uh, there are only two food items that are not more expensive now than they were five years ago. <laughs> Anything come to mind? Oh my God. So I heard that question while I was waiting to come on air and I was racking my brain and it'll be embarrassing to guess. And uh, so I'm, I kind of want to chicken out a little bit. I don't know, grapes? <laughs> grapes would be, because grapes were always expensive, right? So I was, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was always, <laughs> the grapes are always outrageous. Uh, not grapes. I didn't actually have a, a line for grapes. But uh, yeah, someone else just guessed peanut butter, which I thought that hasn't gone up that much, but it's up 34% apparently. But uh, yeah, wow. not grapes. You know what? I will give away, this is a little bit of a tough one. I'll give away the one of them. Romaine lettuce is 17% cheaper than it was. I don't know why. Romaine lettuce, go figure. There it is. Reporting to be done there for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm going to go look into it. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for your time tonight. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me on.